Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. This is the premium Arizona Cardinal podcast a day after a butt-whooping at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. We're back. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always Bo Brock in studio downtown Phoenix. And of course, the pride of Northwestern, Damian Anderson, gentlemen, we have survived the blowback. It is still coming from Cardinal fans. Bo Brock, what do you make of it? I make of it is that it was a complete dismantling. Um, and the Arizona Cardinals weren't prepared, but also the Kansas City Chiefs uh, confirmed really good at football, guys. <laughs> is that the insight? Is that the, the analysis you wanted? That Patrick Mahomes is pretty good? I think I stunned Damien. It looks like he might be frozen. Uh, we'll get him back on the broadcast here soon, but Johnny, uh, we went to the facility today and Cliff Kingsbury was kind of talking and, yeah. you know, you, you hear, you hear the sound bites from Kyler Murray saying we got our ass kicked and, and we wanted to pretty much, they want to be held accountable for this and they're holding themselves accountable for this, mm-hmm. but it, it comes down to, can they on the fly in a, in a week's time between the week one ass kicking and week two against the very talented Vegas Raiders team, can they fix enough, to avoid an 0-2 start. And, and that's going to be the thing to kind of follow along with here. You know, can can they make the changes necessary after really kind of blowing it in the preseason training camp portion of this to prepare for the Chiefs in week one? Can they kind of do what the Titans did after they got their ass beat by the Cardinals in week one last year and kind of keep their head above water and, and get things right that they haven't gotten right so far? You know what I don't want to hear, Bo Brock, Damian Anderson, that I feel like I'm hearing too much of today? Well, it's just Kansas City. Kansas City's that good, right? It's Patrick Mahomes. It's the Chiefs, right? This is this is a team that's going to go 16-1. Patrick Mahomes is going to break the touchdown record. He's going to throw 60 <laughs> touchdowns this year. I guarantee you Patrick Mahomes has a nice year. I don't look at this team, I'm sorry, as a generational team. I think, of course, they're a contender, like the Cardinals were once upon a time. They're a contender in the AFC with the Buffalo Bills. I do not want to hear, especially from people from the Cardinal organization, say, we just ran into a buzzsaw, guys. It's just the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like, I, I think the Chiefs are going to temper off, level out. They're going to get some good competition this year. It wasn't from the Redbirds. It wasn't from the Arizona Cardinals. So that's that's the one thing I want to start with. Like, Cardinals, own your shit, right? You got embarrassed yesterday, up and down the roster, outside of a handful of guys. Nobody played great, right? And I don't care if it was Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Jimmy Garoppolo or whomever. Like, take the loss as it is at face value. You got embarrassed. That game, Damian Anderson, was not as close as the final score indicated, right? The Chiefs very, very easily could have put up 60 points in that game. And thank goodness that they they put they they put their backup quarterback in. They took their foot off the gas. They were running a seventh-round running back was running all over the Arizona Cardinals. So I don't 
I don't want to hear about, well, it's the Chiefs. No, 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 Cardinals. You eat this shit sandwich and, <laughs> and, and take it on, on face value. Johnny Bo, I mean, it was a dominating performance by the Chiefs, and it felt as though if it were a UFC fight, the Chiefs had the Cardinals in full mount, the ref had tripped, and they were taking forearms and fists straight to the face Ugh. with four minutes left in the first period, and the ref couldn't stop the fight. Like, that's utter domination in terms of the line of scrimmage, what they were able to do. I mean, there were four drives over 10-plus plays over four minutes, Bo, Johnny. Like, to me, that just shows right there zero sacks. That just shows you right there who's dominated in the line of scrimmage, and it was evident. Johnny, as you mentioned, that's – you know, that's embarrassing when you throw in most teams don't even most people don't even know who the backup quarterback is. And I believe it was it Chad Henney with yeah. over 37, you know, however many years he's been in the league. But again, it was embarrassing and they were able to run the ball at will. That, that was frustrating on, on all accounts. Man. Well, let's let's get to the show title today. And I think Avery in the chat says, should we press the panic button yet? We're not pressing a panic button here, but we are calling out people who deserve blame everybody's been vocal on twitter social media uh here on youtube thanks so much for the great comments and engagement yesterday for our post game show check that out if you haven't seen it who is the most to blame for the arizona cardinals bo brock i'll start with you is it kime is it cliff is it vance joseph is it michael bidwell who to you deserves the most fault i know everybody shares it but today number one the top of the list for you uh, I mean, it's just as far as the preparation, the training camp, and how they tried to to kind of roll that out and how it proceeded, and it just didn't benefit them anyway. Like, as far as who was available and who was unavailable, it didn't keep guys healthier, um, and it de- they definitely didn't look prepared. I mean, you saw that on the other sidelines, you saw a team that came out prepared. They saw who was who was not in the lineup for the Arizona Cardinals. Andy Reid had a, had a bunch of three tight end sets and was looking to expose this Arizona Cardinals linebacking core and and lack of corners and stuff like that. I think that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's team was just not prepared. And it falls on the head coach. Like, I could, I could go deeper. Like, you could you could make the case for, for Michael Bidwell and Steve Kime. Absolutely, you know, Steve Kime not equipping this roster uh, with enough players to, to compete with that. But... You know, I think that as far as just making it a more competitive game, I think that kind of falls on Cliff Kingsbury uh, and, and the camp that they ran and, and how they just weren't prepared at all for this for this game. And it, but it doesn't mean that I don't think that they can kind of pivot and figure something out to make something work in week two and, and here on forward. I don't think that this is a lost season. But as far right. as week one, I think this falls mostly on the shoulders of the head coach of this team, Cliff Kingsbury. Bo, I would say it falls initially on the players. I mean, they weren't in, it wasn't situations where guys were, were running. I know it felt that way. We're running wide open down the middle of the field or gaping, you know, there were gaping holes on the on the offensive line, and guys were just, as I said, out athleting the can you know, the, the Arizona Cardinals defense. With with that being said, guys have to make plays. They have to get on blocks, they have to make tackles. If you have Isaiah Simmons, Johnny, what was he drafted? Where was he drafted uh, at? He was the eighth overall pick, Damian. Eighth so. overall pick guarding, you know, whomever, Kelsey multiple times. And you know Kelsey's getting the football. That should be your number one. He's not going to beat us today. So to just see one of your best players, quote, unquote, get uh, just uh, just make, make him look pedestrian by re- regardless of the receiver, that was frustrating. I mean, we saw attempts of trying to manufacture blitzes. 
that wasn't working. I think well, in the, one of the chats, it's just 91 Claybomb said that, you know, Romo said abandon the blitz and, you know, on the second on the second drive. And then, two, I think it goes to one thing that was co- concerning for us all. You, we talked about it. You know, who do they have defensive in, in terms of the defensive line? They're going young. But and also at the secondary, if you look at the two, you know, impactful areas of concern from that game, it was a lack of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, that defensive line. Uh, you could say that the silver lining is that JJ's, you know, Watt was out, right? And offensively, you had you were missing some guys in D hop and, and you didn't in the offensive line. You, you could add a, a silver lining there. But I think it starts one with the players and then two just getting the right. You know, I, I would say I would agree with you, Bo. I, I would agree with you getting your guys motivated and ready to play and to go out there and execute. And it just, it just appeared as though the, the Cardinals were reacting and weren't, you know, ready for anything and, and weren't able to respond because they were just, it seemed to be playing from behind the entire game. You know, I think about, Bo Brock, something you said to me that I hadn't thought about uh, about a month ago when we thought, where are the Kime Time signings? The heyday of Kime Time signings came during the Bruce Arians era. And that was because you, you made a point, a very good one that I haven't heard anybody else make, that those came from Bruce Arians his contacts in the league experience against those players, putting those players in the best position to succeed. And it's not like Kime hasn't made a couple nice moves here or there since the Bruce Arians era, but man, like the reinforcements that used to come in the form of Jonathan Abram and Dwight Freeney and, you know, Antoine Quezon and all these guys, Eric Winston, once upon a time, like that's not a thing anymore. Kime time signings right now aren't a thing. And so we watched the duration of the off season, the Cardinals, I, Dragging your feet is is putting it nicely. They were dead and buried a long time ago in this offseason because of their lack of flair in the offseason, the lack of sense of urgency. They made a point to run it back because they did not believe that this team was the team that lost six of their last or five of their last six at the end of last season. They they thought this team was the team that started seven and zero and ten and two, and. I, you know, all of us on the outside were like, okay, we'll try to give you the benefit of the doubt, right? Like, I did not mind the extension to Cliff and Kime. I still don't. But, I, I mean, we looked at it on the surface. On The uh, the defensive depth chart is not impressive, right? Yeah. You've got a lot of crossing your fingers, if ands, or buts. Well, if this happens, then maybe this will happen. But for yesterday, I, I think it's a two-way tie, and I'm not giving Cliff a pass. But I've seen Cliff with, with good players, and he can produce. It's Kime and Vance Joseph. Their philosophy and what they put together, the product defensively, was so abysmal. I cannot remember a worse defensive performance. So that's Cliff, or excuse me, that's Vance Joseph not being able to develop the young guys. Because I think it's twofold. It's like the chicken and the egg. We want Kime to go out and add players. But he also drafted a bunch of top 50 prospects on the defensive side of the ball. And he said, Vance Joseph, you're a big-time coach. You used to be a head coach once upon a time. You're getting interviews. Develop these guys. And I got people in the in you know on Twitter today saying Devondre Campbell was not an impact player for the Cardinals. He goes to the Packers. He becomes an All Pro, right? Like I'm the the biggest Isaiah Simmons critic right now. Mm-hmm. But like if Isaiah Simmons went to Baltimore tomorrow or went to the Steelers, like would feel a hell of a lot better. Bull Brock with his development and Zayvon Collins and some of these guys. So I think it's a tie for first. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say it's time advanced. <laughs> You're always moving the goalposts when it comes to this, Johnny. But like when I saw I Isaiah watch, Simmons, bro. yeah, DA, when I saw Isaiah Simmons match up with Travis Kelsey, like b- before the snap, you're like, oh shit, man. Like this is this isn't this isn't good. It reminds me of like when Zion Williamson was in high school 
and guys like Johnny were guarding him. It was like <laughs> you just knew what the result was yeah. going to be. You, somebody was going to get yeah. posterized, and it wasn't going to be Violated. Zion Williams. Violated. Violated. Isn't that why they drafted Isaiah Simmons though? But, like, but I mean, Simmons, but, that's, but yeah, I think that's the frustration. That's the frustration. I mean, you're taking your game to the next level where he understands the defense. He's a play caller. There's a certain level of expectation to be a top. You know, what, where was he drafted, John? Again, I'm going to ask you. Uh, he was the eighth overall pick. That's eighth what, over, top quick, 10, we bro. talked about this on the post game show 10. yesterday. Yeah. People are saying, well, we didn't have. Are a couple street free agent defensive backs. That's why we couldn't cover anybody. I'm sorry. We we cannot be in the business of hiding Isaiah Simmons, the eighth overall pick, as Damian just mentioned. We're not going to be saved by the, the the corners that they picked up in August. I, I that to me that narrative needs to needs to go. Away. But guys, Johnny Bo, it starts up front. If they have if Patrick has all day right and he can anticipate the blitzes coming and he was prepared for everything that he saw. Right. It starts from a guy having four to five seconds to throw the ball. I mean, people can't cover. Don't get me wrong when he's throwing the football and he's out athleting or or just being don't get me wrong. Travis Kelsey was very comfortable. Hardman, Juju Schuster, when these guys were making plays, that was frustrating for me. It's like, okay, you know, stop the bleeding, make the tackle. Right. But these guys were getting yak. They were, you know, making the defense look like they were just they were out there having fun, like they were an average defense and not what we expected from this football team, as you mentioned, Johnny, having these high draft picks and with this expectation. I mean, and I'm going to throw this back to you guys. Is there any silver lining with them being underhanded and it being game one in comparison to a Chiefs team that was fully tooled, ready to go? Is there any silver lining or are we just pissed off and, you know, F it? Well, you figured something out, right? Like that, the Isaiah Simmons slot corner, that that can't help it happen any longer, right? You have to get the personnel in there. You have to get the guys in the building. You have to have a cornerback who can play the cornerback position. Like, and if if you like Byron Murphy inside, get him and play him inside, and then go out there and get somebody to play outside. You know, we'll see what happens with Trayvon Mullen. You know, Cliff Kingsbury said he's they're going to see how he looks on Wednesday. The same rigmarole that we were put through week one. You know, and we, we don't know if we're going to get a Trayvon Mullen revenge game against the Raiders come Sunday. And, you know, it would help, like, if he can play outside. Marco Wilson, who was – I was encouraged by his play yesterday. Too. Yeah. He can play outside, and then you can put Byron Murphy inside. Your defense looks a lot different. You can put, you know, Isaiah Simmons in a different position, but we learned that that's not, that's not a successful path for Vance Joseph's defense with, with Isaiah Simmons in that spot. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes was getting rid of the football in 2.5 seconds yesterday. Like, he – he, when even when he was faced with more pressure than he's seen, or at least defensive pressure looks, he was he knew exactly what to do with the football. Like he he trusted his receivers. He saw Travis Kelsey move over, and, and Isaiah Simmons was on him, so he went immediately to Kelsey. I mean, that one where Kelsey put him on ice skates. I mean, he'd already thrown the football before Kelsey made the move. And then there was a play I was just watching on the first drive where I think that Mahomes just missed Mercole Holman Hardman. For an easy touchdown, just missed him. You know who was in coverage on that play, DA? Zaven Collins was was guarding a guy who ran a sub four three forty, a middle linebacker. Like they have to figure this. They well, that's coaching. I mean, that that is coaching. coaching. That's putting your that guys in coaching. position that's, not that's to be Van, That's Vance Joseph. Vance yeah. Joseph, who, who has not done anything with any young player on this Cardinal team outside of Jalen Thompson. And speaking of Jalen Thompson, like I I put this out on Twitter, guys. No more playing corner for for he and Buddha. Like, I'm sorry, I don't want to see that. You paid these guys to be elite safeties. Go out, as Bo mentioned, 
the reason Robert Alford is not on this team is beyond me. That's asinine when he's available and presumably is healthy and wants to play football. Like the, this team, the, they just, they drive you crazy. Cause it's like, we're going to draft these tweener athletes and we're going to reinvent the sport. And it's like, no, you actually have to have real DBs. You need real linebackers to fill, you know, speaking of filling too, I just, the run defense, we don't talk enough about it because like Mahomes did whatever he wanted, but that was not good yesterday. And you look at, yards. yeah, you look at the advanced yards. metrics. Dogby played well, presumably, and Rashad Lawrence had a really nice game. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit with Pro Football Focus. So, what does that tell you, gentlemen? The inside linebackers are not filling, right? Are they not athletic enough to fill? Do they not take good angles? Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, like, well, we got to have either or. Are you going to be elite? In pass defense, Zayvon Collins was the highest rated linebacker in the history of college football, according to Pro Football Focus. That has not been on display. If Isaiah Simmons can't cover in the back end and he can't be a three down inside linebacker, you know, hammering running backs at the point of attack in the line of scrimmage, like, tell me what he does well. And I mm -hmm. think you have Todd Bowles. He can do that. He can say, Dale Buchanan, you're, you're, you know, a money linebacker. We're going to make the most out of you, right? Or, you know, Carlos Dansby, you're coming back. I'm going to have your best season with me. And I watched it last night with Tampa Bay and, you know, Devon White, Devin White that they have. I, uh, Vance Joseph, to me, borrowed time with this franchise. He will be the scapegoat if this team fails this year. Statistically, gentlemen, the worst defense of any team easily this weekend. They have given up 30-plus points. Emphasis on the plus in four of their last six games. And, you know, the only games that they don't include, I think, is against the Cowboys at the end of the year when they had a bunch of injuries. It's just – it's not a good thing. But I'm going to tell you what's a great thing right now. So if you get on DraftKings right now – Ahead of tonight's Monday Night Football game, to make a sweet, sweet bet. Football fans, the first week of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking our fans up. Right now, new customers can bet just $5, get $200 in free bets instantly. So if you're like me and you want to phase the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith, put big money down on our guy Russell Wilson. You can do that on DraftKings and as an added week one bonus. And this is, this is legitimate. DraftKings has been paying out big money for this, gentlemen. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, hammer PHNX, bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point tonight, so if you think the Seahawks are going to lead by 10, even if they don't win, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Got to remember, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo. Let's talk about more great stuff. And I'm sitting in our brand new studios. This is our Studio B. It's beautiful, right? The furniture is all pristine, but it's not even that great in here. When I get out to kind of our hangout area, there's some just incredibly comfortable just chairs that you can hang out in. You can watch some TV. We've got some just beautiful furniture all over the place, all from more furniture. You got to check it out. You got to check out what we have on social media with just our first views of our studio, but also check out more furniture online, morefurniture.com. Find yourself some great deals, get some comfy furniture, fix up your feng shui. It's probably brutal right now. It needs help, right? You need more furniture and morefurniture.com kind of pimp out whatever your living situation is. They helped us, and we were pretty helpless. And uh, our new studio is looking pretty, pretty nice. Morefurniture.com. Let's continue the conversation about uh, the fallout from Sunday, the 44-21 loss 
to the Chiefs, as Johnny mentioned, you know, two garbage time touchdowns. So essentially just seven points from that offense. Uh, we heard, I think, all the right things for the most part from the Cardinals, their coaching staff yesterday. Bad coaching, bad no, bad execution. That's from uh, from Cliff Kingsbury. We just got to be better. It's a pretty simple message from K2. And he continued that today. I was at his press conference. It was pretty short. It was pretty sweet. Gave us some updates on some injured players. I, I found it interesting that he's, you know, Marco Wilson, who we saw kind of limp off the field. They're going to see where he's at come Wednesday. Marco told, you know, the reporters in the locker room, he doesn't expect it to be anything. Didn't get an exact uh, issue that Marco's dealing with. That would be a big blow to this defense that's already just uh, as thin as they can possibly be at that position. Uh, Rondell Moore, Cliff Kingsbury said, is he put him, lumped him in surprisingly with Justin Pugh and J.J. Watt as day-to-day, uh, which is pretty interesting. I saw Rondell Moore out there. He's in street clothes. He was walking around. He looked Oh, fine, but you can't tell as far as the hamstrings concerned where he's truly at. But uh, not IR'd yet, Johnny. I guess that's the good news with with yeah. more. Um, it, I, I mean, Dorch played. I mean, if the few good things yesterday. Dorch played well. It, it's like what would Rondell Moore truly give this offense the boost it needs to make up for how far far it uh, fell short yesterday. Well, here's something. Can Rondell Moore play defense, guys? Can he sack quarterbacks? They'll put him in a slot corner and just see how it goes. (laughs) Here's something quickly promising that I saw before the show. Uh, Rondell, excuse me, uh, Greg Dorch played a hell of a lot more than A.J. Green yesterday, which would tell me even if Rondell Moore comes back, I think it's coming back with the sacrifice of A.J. Green. Rondell, excuse me, Greg Dorch. And Hollywood Brown almost played 100% of the snaps yesterday offensively. A.J. Green, it, it was in the 70s, right? So, like, Rondell, I love this. Nice, warm glass of shut up in the chat says, Rondell <laughs> Street closed more. We got a couple guys, nice, warm glass of shut up, that can fill that that uh, name uh, well with the Cardinals. We've got Watt, who, uh, you know, donned the name itself. But to me, I don't want to see or hear from Rondell Moore until it's Sunday. He's played a whole week. He's not compromised. He goes out and, and plays well and then exits the game healthy. Because you know what I saw yesterday, gentlemen? You guys saw it too. I saw a young man undrafted out of Wake Forest that competed his ass off, that was one of the five bright spots on this team, that I think somebody, in if he can stay healthy for 17 games, can sleepwalk his way to Christian Kirk-esque production and did not have any issues getting open, right? Did not benefit from you know other receivers out there like Hopkins and Antoine Wesley that he will eventually and he'll eat continue to eat underneath. He went up and made a miraculous catch that I thought I told you this yesterday, gentlemen, that I thought was overturned, which was unfortunate. But I think the more experience Greg Dorch gets, specifically with Kyler, he and Hollywood, I'm very comfortable with those two. And then Rondell Moore, you want to come back? We'll see what's left over for you, DA. But you know you got to prove it to the Cardinal fans right now because they've turned on you. Hey, Johnny. Yeah, I, I got a quick question for you, buddy. <laughs> What's up? Get, get actually out for here. everybody. Honestly, like just I'm just going to give you my two cents because I think that uh, the Anthony Davis effect is taking a hold of the Cardinals right now. Okay. Uh, we got too many people made out of glass, first glass of all. Men. And I, you know what mm-hmm. the funny thing is right now? Between Rondell Moore and J.J. Watt, I have a lot of people uh, all up in my mentions after my tweet yesterday about J.J. Watt being basically the NFL version of Anthony Davis coming at me great. talking about, well, he's the NFL man of the year and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's cool mm-hmm. and all. Like, Anthony Davis won a championship, too. That doesn't mean that he's not, you know, he, he doesn't succumb to injury 
too far too often, and that's that's the case with JJ Watt. So my question is, uh, do you think that we are overreacting by coming at JJ Watt or even no. Rondell Moore by no. being injured too much? No, I, I, I think, think it's a necessary evil, Saul. I think it's a necessary evil given the current status of the team, right? Like if it wasn't that embarrassing, if it wasn't that dominating, that violating, I don't think that we're having this conversation because you feel as though that you had a chance. And I don't think that if you even insert J.J. Watt into the game or Rondell Moore, guys, I'm going to throw this back at you. Do they score really 31, 35 points? Do those two guys impact the game that much? What I think is, I think to a degree, we all kind of, you know, we, we hope for the best. And our optimism right. sometimes gets in, in in our in our uh, in our view. But let's be honest: before the game, watching what this team was going to put on the defensive side alone, like I think we're all disappointed with the offensive side by not putting up more points than they did. But uh, and that and that definitely could have been better. But on the defensive side, they had no chance. They had no chance. There was nobody out there that was going to do. You basically were hoping that Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons were going to just absolutely play a monster of a game like they've never shown before, or even had the pension to show before just and they got and absolutely embarrassed yesterday. Nobody out there was really worth a shit on the defensive side of the ball, to be honest. I mean, I thank I, you guys. You That's know, all I wanted to say. <laughs> Thanks to that caller. Uh, GM. I think, I think it could be direct line. Direct too line different. Like I, Rondell Moore, the frustration. Absolutely. I mean, the guy hasn't been healthy since his, his freshman year at Purdue, but JJ Watt, you knew what you're you were getting into. What you what you you were purchasing essentially damaged goods. You you kind of wanted something that transcended even the playing field, and he does that, right? He, he's he's as far as philanthropic and the community, what he does for the locker room. But yeah, it hurts this team, especially the Arizona Cardinals, where their margin for error is so slim uh, as far as who they need to be have available on game day. But you know that's Steve Kime, and he hasn't been able to develop or find somebody to replace. Calais Campbell on the on the inside of that defensive line uh, since he let him walk so many years Johnny, ago. He hasn't been able to you, draft, are, develop anybody, are, so you have you, to go out there and pay for it. And they did, and they're they're paying, you know, they're paying the consequences for it. Well, that. I'm going to get back to that because I think that they definitely need to address that. But Johnny, are you and that bobblehead standing up together? <laughs> oh, are you guys standing next to each other? God damn it. Damn. Damien's <laughs> Wi-Fi go out again, please. Damn. Uh, I was just going to make a point of emphasis. How come, how come J.J. Watt never gets hurt in the weight room? Is this the high? Is this the highlight yeah. of the J.J. Watt era when he announced he was coming to the team with this, when this social post? I feel like this is going to go down as the best that we got even before the season, the most iconic moment of the J.J. Watt era in Arizona. I hope I'm wrong. But God, as a fan, as a fan, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm super frustrated. But as a player, I know more than anything that he wants to be out there. He wants to embrace everything that the Valley brings. What you know, we you know, in terms of supporting networks, you know, bring. He wants to go out there and play at a high level. And it's unfortunate. I believe his brother just recently tore. Was it tore a peck? Tore so, peck, yeah. I mean, after after you it's get in up the jeans, there, dude. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. It, it's unfortunate. I think that you definitely need them with just their ability. Just and to me, watching that first half, guys, it wasn't – everybody keeps coming at Vance. Vance, Vance, Vance. And I, and I go back to this. It's not – guys weren't wide open. You know, sometimes in the running schemes, it was bad fits on those said linebackers. And that happens at times when you're dealing with young linebackers who don't anticipate a cutback on an inside zone and then the guys have a little bit of wiggle to them and extend the play. That's what I, was happening in the run game. I know Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. I get it. But 
when you're talking about Isaiah Simmons is going to line up at corner and safety and linebacker, you would think that he has the athleticism to at least keep up with Travis Kelsey, right? right? And the way he got abused on that corner route, the simplest of routes, that's not Vance Joseph. That's absolutely right. on Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. Like Vance Joseph can only do so much. It's like you're asking him to paint the Mona Lisa with a box of crayons right now. It's like, that's not fair. You can't do that. It's not all Vance Joseph. Okay, for I real agree. this time, I'm out. Thanks, guys. I get the frustration with like you, you see in the injury report, calf strain. But, you know, I can't, I can't blame the guy who suffered a torn labrum a uh, torn bicep and a no. torn rotator cuff against no. the Texans oh. last. I mean, oh. what, what are you going to do about that? Uh, I'm going to pay him $17 million to get healthy and show the fuck up for game one. And he's not available. That's what I'm going to do. Would you, would you, you are, rather you look. are paid a premium as the new, one of the new faces of the franchise. And somebody said it in the chat perfectly. We need a football player, not a cheerleader. And I think at this point, this Damn. is, he is fitting the mantra Damn. of every like Arizona Cardinal free agent signing from the 90s and early 2000s. It's the retirement home for guys past their prime. He is going to fall right in line. Hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, he's he, he may or may not practice this week with the Emmett Smiths of the world, right? Somebody who was remembered for his time with another team that came here. And what he do? Took a check. Terrell Suggs. Took I, I, a think check. I think it's borderline disrespectful that that you would even compare him to Emmett and his his cash grab at the end of his, and in, of his career. I mean, is anybody else paying him that money though? I mean, he could have gone probably. To Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay would have loved to have him on their defense last year. They were, they were clamoring about that. I, I mean, Cleveland probably wanted him. I mean, what he what he's able to do, and you've seen like it, it it's beyond the box score what he can do to impact the game when he's healthy. That's the biggest thing. But the Arizona Cardinals knew that, and you had to pay a premium for that. And and that's the thing with you know having to build your that team was a game, time. Bo. They, yeah. It was a gamble that they took, and and we yeah. all know and it's play, playing sports. You know, gamble. I mean, it, it's going to be a tough one, Johnny. I mean, you don't win them all. You don't I, win them listen. all. And he, I and Kyle is hit big when they did it with some guys. I think everybody loves a move when he's playing. I think that that's the thing. Everybody understands Absolutely. who he is as a player, but it's almost you're, forgotten when you're in game one and the in the he, the ass kicking is that bad. And Damon, you just hit the nail on the head that I think we really need to continue to emphasize with Cardinal fans. Um, and I need to repeat it myself because I need to hear it. You need to practice to play, right? And if you're Justin Pugh and you're J.J. Watt and you're Rondell Moore and the team is counting on you and you don't practice, you should not play. And we were led to believe all last week that Justin Pugh was going to play, and he did not. And Sean Harlow delivered one of the worst performances, which is not fair to him, right, because he was not expected to play. One of the worst performances we've ever seen. And that brings us into our next graphic, the PFF grades for this week. Shield your eyes. Shield your children. They're not pretty. <laughs> Notable pro football focus grades. From week one, there it is. Sean Harlow had a pro football focus grade <laughs> for Brock of 27.3. Can we just right. change that out? Can we just change that out with a poop emoji? Sean, Lo Sean Harlow's PFF grade was just the poop emoji. <laughs> I mean, How about those I inside mean, linebackers, though, but, looking but, strong? But but, on some but but in reality, did we need to see this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that everybody knew. Yes, that... everybody needs to take their medicine today and look at the oh fact that the Cardinals God. took back-to-back -back inside linebackers in the first round, and neither of them scored over a 50. Uh, and Bo Brock mentioned to me off-air that he did not think it was possible for Nick Vigil and Chad Harlow to grade this low. 
And, yeah, Nick Vigil. I mean, both guys started on each side of the football, which is unbelievable. Uh, it, but here, here, take it with a grain of salt. Absolutely, we know how a lot of people feel about pro football focus, and, and I'm I'm there with you as well. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a 71 grade. How's that possible? Yeah, right. You know, so but so they're know, tough. They're tough. Yeah. They're tough ball. <laughs> Harlow is uh, Harlow is he was a turnstile yesterday. I, I I don't give him a hall pass for that. You know, Harlow. I thought he in according to the Cardinals, he had a solid training camp and he filled in at the center position well for for Rodney Hudson. But he he couldn't compete yesterday. He just couldn't. Neither could Nick Vigil. I mean, Vigil couldn't get uh, fast enough sideline to sideline uh, each and every play. He was part of the problem on defense. Big problem on defense. And uh, the Arizona Cardinals, like, what do they do with these guys going forward? Like, they just they couldn't compete at all on Sunday. I don't know, like, if they ever had to rely on them going forward, you're going to see more of what you saw on Sunday against the Chiefs. Well, what frustrates me too, gentlemen, is you look at the names on this list, and I look at somebody like Rodney Hudson, who was all but retired, came back, they're paying him $10 million, and he he was terrible yesterday. Literally, he and Sean Harlow brought down the entire offensive line because – you know, both tackles I thought were fine. Will Hernandez, I thought, played well when they had some running lanes open. It was the left guard and center position that dragged down the offense, and then that's what led to Kyler Murray kind of being out of sorts of what. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to try to be positive here. And looking at this list and looking at the fact that Nick Vigil is clearly not a threat to Zayvon Collins anymore because of how bad he looked yesterday, Zayvon Collins did have a run grade of 74. I think Zayvon Collins is going to knock on wood improve thoroughly over the course of the season and i think by the end of the year he will be somebody that you can say he's an asset i don't i can't say that with isaiah simmons because i don't know what position he plays and there's just too much uncertainty da but with zavin collins like he had two tackles for loss yesterday like give him 10 to 12 weeks and i think by november we're gonna feel better about zavin collins maybe not the defense but zavin collins yeah, I mean, I, I think we have no choice, and I think that's all we can do is hope and pray that they continue to improve. Because Johnny, as I said before, it wasn't you know in the, in the caller you know saw not to, not too long ago <laughs> that I mean you they I don't think that Vance Joseph I don't think that the the game plan the pay, play calling was crazy I think the guys were in position to make plays and they just didn't whether it was being you know too tentative too aggressive I thought I saw Zayvon a, a, a lot of times on those inside runs just being overly aggressive and not anticipating the cutback from the running back so that's something that he could definitely learn on in terms of Isaiah Simmons and that that athleticism I think that we've seen him when he's had the most success is he's been in the box, right? He's been in the box being the aggressor and, and moving towards the quarterback rather than being in space and feeling comfortable guarding guys where we saw he, him have trouble with virtually everyone on, on the Kansas city offense. So, I mean, granted it's the first, you know, one first game out of the year, it was a terrible performance. I, I think collectively, right. And you can only wish and hope for improvement. You, you can't, I think based on, you know, history, right, it can't be this bad forever, right? But the thing about it is, is that the t that the teams, I wouldn't say that they necessarily get better, but they're going to be formidable formidable foes moving forward. Interesting. I, I mean, listen. That's I don't a great point. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they're as bad as they looked yesterday, but I think right. that – No, it was bad just, yesterday. John, yeah. yeah. But, well, I no, mean, he doesn't think that they're as bad as they played. Or, yeah. I mean, and it I was just – Man, the, the players we counted on, we had a preview show Friday and everybody on this show 
uh, Frank Sanders included, thought Isaiah Simmons was going to play well, and he didn't. And here we are, kind of, kind of wondering, Bo Brock, what's next for old number nine? He just wasn't, but he wasn't put in a position. As to Damian's point with earlier, he wasn't put in a position to be successful. I mean, he's well, going. How up does that even change? Who, does that change? Do they recognize up, that he's going up against the guy who's going to have a gold jacket, right? Travis See, Kelsey, this is, no, team, no, no, right? hang on. That juju clip is about as miserable right, as, yeah. as it can be. And I'm that don't fall into the category of the Cardinals saying, well, you know, Juju Smith Schuster is a legit wide receiver in the NFL. And what if, Isaiah he, Simmons is tasked with going but one Bo, on one he, 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 recently before the Kansas City, he was pedestrian, he was known for his TikToks. He wasn't not known for playing football. Like and he he revitalized like, his career. If I can't have the eight overall pick cover Juju Smith Schuster when he's supposed to be the all world out 400 yards, Bo. Coming off roughly injured, 400 yards. I can't. He was. I he was. Goes back to my point. Yeah, he has a 1,400 yard Simmons. season under his belt in the NFL. I mean, he's a, he's athletic. I mean, he was he was having to catch little four yard passes right. from Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his career. Let's all go I mean, on the record right now. Best position for Isaiah Simmons because I think all of us are kind of agreeing shit. that this this star linebacker thing right now yeah. is a failed experiment. Um, Da, you want to go first? Best position right now for Isaiah Simmons NFL career. In the box, will linebacker, weak side linebacker, no question, yeah. no question. In a four, in a four three, correct. In a four three, yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, or or gain the twenty five pounds, Johnny, and go play. I mean, I know that Frank said yesterday, play defensive end and use that speed <laughs> and that length, or you know, what I mean, because he's not going to play safety, right? Like that's just not going to happen with this team. Like it's it's not going to happen. But them putting him out of position, which is crazy, as the eighth overall pick, it reminds me of. Roll back at back in the day, guys. It reminds yeah. me of, of Antrell Roll, who they got mm -hmm. as a, you know they drafted him. What was it, top ten, and paid him? You know, had to pay him premium dollars. And Isaiah, you just want to see that production. And unfortunately, the best to go in against the best, and what was expected of him, he got he 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 got exposed yesterday, guys. Yeah, no doubt about. It. I mean, having a guard Kelsey, and then you got Juju Smith. You, Say what you want about him. He's he's a professional wide but, receiver going up against the guy who's who's a linebacker. I mean, but, 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 I want to see more. I want to see more pass rush attempts from Isaiah Simmons. You didn't get jack shit from that. your pass rush anyway. I mean, what are we gonna put him in the Hassan Reddick uh, role that he thrived in at the end of it? He's got enough speed and bend to do so. I mean, it might be too late, obviously, to put on some weight at this point in the season. But right. I mean, I, I think that. You're so short at that spot. Why not? I think Zavin's the guy that stays in his current role and, and just wears it and learns and gets the reps, rep after rep after rep. And you take, you know, you take the lumps. I would, I would agree with both of you. I would, I think the Cardinals, and they're not going to do this with Vance. I know he's done both schemes. I would switch to a 4 3. Uh, I would have Vigil uh, be your middle linebacker or Zavin, probably Vigil. I don't think you can have Vigil out there. I well, I really don't. He's on the he's on the roster, so I'm putting him on the starting defense. Zavin's the Sam. Isaiah's your will, and then you have a front four. When Watt comes back, I would flanker the ends with with Zach Allen and Watt, and then get Cameron Thomas to play defensive end, and I would play Dogby and Rashad Lawrence and Mikey Foe to a defensive tackle. But the Cardinals aren't going to do that. They're going to stick to this little experiment here. And you know what? Was it enough, no. Johnny? Was it enough to to make a change? Was it enough to hey we need some guys? Was it that bad? Where hey we we need to people go in the Dominic chat Sue. want to sign in Dominic and Sue. And while I think all of us would would like the intrigue, 
Um, I don't think they're going to go out and make a bunch of changes. I don't think they're going to go out and sign a bunch of players. Sue in particular, Bo Brock, is somebody that feels like like the missing piece to like a Bucks championship run. He's not a glue guy, per se, that you want to bring in for a team that just got embarrassed. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not gonna he's gonna look at the the box score and say, uh, exactly. I think I'm all right. I'm 35. I've got a ring already on my finger. I'll see if maybe another opportunity presents itself between now and when the games get a little bit. Guys, he bigger. played in Detroit for a while. He played. <laughs> let's let's. He played See in Detroit. People's heads. He, right. he took a lot of checks for for no wins. So he, I think he'd be happy with the opportunity. I mean, you never now, know. Like like yeah. you said, he might be that piece. It might be that TB12 piece for the Cardinals. It's, it's going to be it's going to be big for them to piece change what, the narrative. The it's going to be big for them to change the narrative. That, you know, they're the team that they thought they were going into the season and the team that they look like on Sunday, and to kind of kind make it a, a destination for some of these guys who are available or guys who could become available. You know, throughout the season here. Um, but Sunday was absolutely one of those things where it just drove you to the Redbird Lager from uh, from Four Peaks or whatever your favorite Four Peaks beverage is, whether it's the Wow Joy Bust uh, Wheat or the Kilt Lifter, old steady Kilt Lifter, the hazy they got going. We're going to have all the beers at our disposal next week. So if things go awry or things go the right way, we can celebrate with some Four Peaks beer because we're going to have a watch party. We're going to be hanging out in Tempe at Four Peaks H Street Pub watching the Cardinals take on Chandler Jones and the Las Vegas Raiders. $5 tickets. That's all it is. One free beer with your ticket. We've got cards, ticket giveaways going on. We love our partnership with Four Peaks. Enjoy the drink specials. The Cardinals ticket giveaways. There's a 220. I did not misspeak there. 220 inch screen experience. Check the link in the description of the show. Got to be 21 years or older. And of course, enjoy that beer responsibly, no matter how the Cardinals play on Sunday. But man, four peaks. We're going to bring it. Can't wait to do so on Sunday, Johnny. It's a good combination. I can tell you what, we've got so many different events coming up. I want to thank everybody who came out to the tailgate at the Lolo. Had a great time despite the Cardinals and their lack of effort. I want to remind everybody, though, when you're coming out to the events, please make sure you're happy, you're healthy, family's good to go. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everybody. They're five for five and up. Those 12 and older are also available and eligible for a booster shot. All you got to do is visit azhealth.gov slash find a vaccine for a location nearest to you. And gentlemen, thankfully, Cardinals didn't lose any ground this weekend. Uh, yes, they got embarrassed, but they did play a team in the AFC, as did the uh, defending world champion um, LA Rams when they lost to Buffalo. But I think we could all agree the worst loss of yesterday came at the hands of the Chicago Bears <laughs> to Trey Lance, Kyle Shanahan, and company, losing an in-conference game to a team we all believe in the Bears are not going to be very good. So San Francisco, Bo Brock, Damian Anderson with their Super Bowl roster. Yes, the Cardinals look like garbage, but we can all take solace in the fact that the Niners potentially could be frauds, big-time frauds in the <laughs> NFC West. Guys, I don't think anybody is pointing the finger. I mean, after, after yesterday's before, I don't think everybody's I walking around. I want to gloat. Let me, I got walk, to gloat during those early games. It was great. Everybody's walking around with their head down because they don't want to make eye contact with nobody. I mean, you got you got 21 pointed. You know what that is. You guys all play video games. You had to get off the sticks. Everybody collectively, Arizona Cardinals had to get off the sticks. The Rams had to get off the sticks, 
And the 49ers, I mean, that was just a slush of a game. I mean, they weren't they're, they're, they're Cali boys now. I mean, they ain't used to that torrential downpour of, of Midwestern football, and the Bears just took advantage of it and Justin Fields being athletic. But it does feel good to, to know that everybody else within the conference took that L2. But when you get 21-pointed, I think you found out that the, the Bills and the Chiefs are, are the real deal. I think that's what we everybody took away from, you know, in the AFC and the NFC, you know, like, Shit, I mean, even that late game, Dallas, dear God. But Tampa, you know, Tom Brady still got it. Top Bowls are going to be doing their thing to go on the road, make that happen. And the Cardinals need some help. And the Rams aren't who we thought that they were right now without Von Miller. And just right now, Cooper Cup is that deal, but they aren't who we thought they were. Yeah, and at least the Niners, could, they, they played well defensively. Like, they played well at least yeah. on one side of the football. Where the Arizona Cardinals, like, I don't think you can say that in any facet of the game that they, they play well and they'll agree with you. Um, I will say this, like if you're looking for reasons of optimism that the team that they're going to play in week two, they spent $87 million guaranteed on a pass rush that produced zero sacks. So the Cardinals didn't spend any money on defense this off season and the no, Raiders spent a ton of money and they didn't get, they got the same shit production from their pass rush Chandler Jones and, and Max Crosby and all that money for Derek Carr who threw three picks and Josh McDaniels still hasn't shown that he's a good head coach. He's got 11 career wins uh, and he's owned one as Raiders head coach. So there's a little optimism that this is a team that they could get right against, but it's also a dangerous team. Uh, but you know, no wins in the AFC South and potentially tonight we could see a winless NFC West. So you know, the silver lining is the Arizona Cardinals played like crap and didn't lose any ground. Uh, humble rumble in the chat. Chandler Jones saving it. We'll see. The Las Vegas Raiders have opened up, gentlemen, on DraftKings as a four and a half, four, four and a half point favorite, depending on when you get that number. Typically, three points is given to the home field. So Vegas feels like or Vegas feels like the Vegas Raiders are a slight uh or a slight favorite against the visiting Cardinals. And I, I would agree with, with both your sentiments. I think that, listen, am I ready to call this game a must win? No, but for the Cardinals to get embarrassed like that, I think typically when you get embarrassed in the NFL, you come out and play inspired football the next week. That's usually how it goes, right? The team that gets taken to the woodshed goes out and plays some good football. And I think the, the, the Raiders, this is not breaking any news, Matchup much better with the Cardinals. Yes, they have Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, but this is the NFL. Everybody's got good players somewhere. <coughs> Josh, Jacobs. This, Josh, Josh Jacobs is fine, right? The Cardinals need to come out. <coughs> this needs to be <laughs> put the defense aside for a second. We'll put them put them on the back burner. The offense for the Arizona Cardinals, gentlemen, has to take advantage of the inconsistencies of the Raider back seven. Justin Herbert looked like the superstar that he is yesterday, even without Keenan Allen. Kyler Murray, I put in the same class as Justin Herbert. They need to go out and they need to operate and they need to put up 30 plus points against a Raider team that, well, as you mentioned, going through transition and has a coach that nobody believes in. And, you know, we probably say the same thing about Cliff Kingsbury, but I, this, this was always the matchup where you got two AFC, AFC West teams back to back. The likelihood of, of winning in week one was far less than the likelihood DA of, of beating the Raiders in week two. Guys, I don't know if you're downplaying the magnitude of this matchup and Chandler Jones being motivated for this game. I mean, we've seen this guy win contract 
you know, it was contract time and he had to step up and he played. And we saw that week one, you know, what did he have five sacks the, the first week of, of the season? Mm-hmm. And maybe he don't get me wrong. That that concerns me, Johnny. The offense has to to be Patrick Mahomes esque as we saw in week one. They have to be able to move the ball. They have to get Kyler in space and just get them comfortable. And maybe, you know, at the, if they win the toss, they take the football. You know, and I saw in the, in the comments, knowing that defense, that's a great point. Why would you put them out in the field first? Like, why? why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why? Quite the strategy why would you by Cliff. <laughs> I mean, there's just a, a lot of questions. I mean, that's what it felt like. It felt like they were dominated in every facet of the game. And you could see, you know, and I saw Gardak and I saw him hustling on special teams. And that was indicative. A guy like that, you're never going to question his heart and his effort. At times that you just get beat, right? But to me, it, in, in punt return, you're, at, you know, you're allowing, you know, plus 10, 12 yards per return. Every facet of the game, you know, does just seem like I wouldn't say slow or lethargic because it's the National Football League. You know, there's a level of, you know, integrity and respect every time that you step on the football field because you're, you know, you're fighting an, a, another man. Right. Like so that that's inherently what the game is and for your pride. And you know that that eye in the sky doesn't lie and that if you get dominated, not only you are going to see it tomorrow, all your teammates and everyone around the league, especially with social media, it's going to be, you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just guys like I, I don't I don't know what to take away, you know, from that game. As I said, the, the only silver lining for me is that guys were injured. Guys were hurt. They weren't up to full capacity. And how much does that change? You know, from week one to week two, you know, is are there meant are they mentally Bo Johnny going to have the wherewithal to come out fast and sharp? You know, do do we do you? Why are you motivating grown men? I guess yeah. is, is my question. That should that that accountability comes from the mirror, man. Tomorrow, tomorrow is seven September thirteenth, and that was the date that uh, a year ago that the Cardinals destroyed the Titans, and that was the five sack performance in that calendar year. Chandler Jones it's has the five, same week, five and a half sacks. Week. He has a half sack more than he had in that one game. You know, and he's he's another year older. I don't know. I I'm not. I'm not that concerned about a Chandler Jones revenge game. I actually don't mind what the Cardinals have on as far as their book and their tackles and Beecham and, and DJ Humphreys, where they really suffer is the interior pressure. And, uh, you know, they saw it from Chris Jones, who's one of the best guys in the league. And we always see it from AD number 99, uh, Aaron Donald. But, you know, I think this could be a decent matchup to turn things around. But we'll get into it more this week, of course, Johnny. Absolutely. But in the meantime, I want to remind everybody the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football week. It's underdog fantasy and their pick him game. We played underdog fantasy Sunday morning, had a blast. Uh, I felt like I had the best team, but turns out the points didn't, didn't recognize that. But just look for your favorite or least favorite players stats. Pick between two to five players for your pick them entry and whether you think they'll end up with a higher or lower total then stat this week's game. Get all your picks right. You can do it tonight before the uh, Monday night football game. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Unfortunately, the GM saw Bookman took it down, even though I think he was projected for like the least amount of points, Bo Brock. So Mm -hmm. funny how that worked out. Wasn't funny to me, though. But you can search in the App Store. Click the link in the show notes. All you got to do, like anything else, sign up with the promo code PHNX and underdog will double your first deposit. How about this? Up to 100 bones. So if your first deposit is 100, it'll double it. Or excuse me. Is, yeah, it'll double it to, to 200. Um, underdog? That's underdog Fantasy. Promo code PHNX. And get into the action today.
Underdog is for the underdogs, like our guy Saul Bookman. If you need to enhance the game even more tonight, OGs can help you out with that, right? They've got Arizona's original cannabis kitchen, churning out the great cannabis products, and you can win some free stuff thanks to their flavoring life sweepstakes. Get that, uh, not one, not two, but three bags of OG's gummies, including orange creamsicle, their tropical flavors. Get an OG's hat like we have on display here uh, if you're watching on YouTube. PHNX t-shirt of your choice and a PHNX annual membership where you can read the great work of Howard Balzer, who just joined the team last week. He's been churning out great content, including a breakdown on yesterday's loss. Breaking down contracts like Jalen Thompson's and I'm sure uh, Marcus Golden's, which hasn't been made official yet, Johnny. We haven't seen an official release on Marcus yeah. Golden's contract. Typical, typical Cardinals. They're just, right. you know, now might be a good time to do that. It's like, hey, yeah. guys, we're in the news for not some great stuff. <laughs> Did you know we extended our top pass rusher? But OGs, of course, can help you out uh, or just enhance what you got going on. We love them. OGsbrands.com. You can find more on those products. You can find them in your local dispensary and also follow them on Instagram at OGsbrands. Got to be 21 years or older. Enjoy responsibly. We love OGs. We also love our brand new T-shirt at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. He scored a touchdown yesterday, and we just we love all things Hollywood. We love the Hollywood Hills sign, for instance. Not related. On Camelback Mountain. It's a brand new release. You can get it right now at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Go there, $29.99, or you can get it for free with sign it up with a new membership at gophnx.com, $59.98 for the entire year. Or you want to dip your toe in, read the workings of myself, Paul Brock, now Howard Balzer, and many of our other talented peers, $0.99 cents for the first month, $8.99 for the subsequent months, Gentlemen, I want to remind everybody, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the YouTube page of PHNX Sports, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast, PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We are back on Wednesday, unless something happens. We may dabble tomorrow, but every week we're giving you your premium Arizona Cardinal coverage, podcast form, live streams, tailgates, you know it. Cardinals need to bounce back against the Vegas Raiders on Sunday. Will they? Stay tuned. See everybody.